Hello and welcome to SME TV. This is our Let's Talk Views segment and I'm your host, Angela Vithoukas. Please remember to subscribe to our YouTube channel and if you want, in fact, we really want you to, jump on and comment right now, just below. Tell us what you think of the show and any other show and more importantly, please share SME TV. Now, joining me today is Sean DeVries, Director of Open Pantry Consulting. Welcome, Sean. Hey, Angela. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Now, off the record, just before we came on air, we did have a bit of a giggle about how we look, or rather how I look, <laughs> our lighting and everything, and that right. was quite quite relaxing. It's meant to disarm yes. you, mm. but this is a very serious subject. It is, yes. Sustainability and hospitality has, mm. has actually always been a question before sustainability became a trendy word to use. Yes, most definitely. So... Straight out of the gate, I'm asking you, are we in crisis? Is the hospitality industry in crisis? We're, we're in absolute crisis. Um, and probably the worst part of it is um, we've said it many times before, but as we're dealing with the situation now, it's, it's kind of like a slow-moving crisis, Angela. Um, you know, as, as we talk in the start of June, um, we're dealing with, with brands who can only have 20 guests, maybe upwards of 50 guests in venue. And if you're, uh, if you, you know, start out in the industry and, and most of your, uh, most of your viability was on Friday and Saturday nights been 80 to 90% full, you're in big trouble right now. Yeah. So what we had was a situation where we're all chugging along normal in hospitality, January, February, we started to hear a few things and suddenly in March we're in lockdown. Yes. So we're going to draw a line now and say whatever we were pre-lockdown, mm-hmm. it is what it is. Yes. But moving forward, we're going to have to deal with a very different situation. Only in, in terms of, I think, Sean, what I, what I want to point out is that we are going to have accumulated baggage. Yes, most definitely. In all of these months of lockdown, we've got mm-hmm. to come out of it. We're mm-hmm. not going to reach our peak of what we used to be for quite some time. Absolutely. If at all, Sean, there's some mm. question mark there. Mm-hmm. So... Moving forward, how are we going to be sustainable or what are the questions that we're going to have to ask and address in order for us to come out of this? So I think we're, I think we're dealing with an industry which is notorious for not doing well with strategy. And as you just pointed out very clearly, like, you know, those are going to come to haunt us now. So we need to look at a couple of things. Probably the main thing is the property costs that um, have always been um, uh, escalating over, over a period of time, but very obvious now how much it costs to, to run a venue. Um, our wage costs uh, in Australia, we've got, you know, we've got a really good wage system for workers that get paid appropriately, of course, um, that, you know, uh, but it's, you know, very expensive um, and supply chain costs. So, um, as the industry has gotten better over a period of time and the way that it ethically sources food and, and all that kind of thing, there's been more and more middle people in that in that parameter, which has driven up costs uh, of product. But um, because there has been oversupply of venues um, for a good amount of time, which is so apparent now, um, it's uh, no one's moved on menu price for a long time. And, and even now I'm seeing that not many venues are. Okay, so your background, you've been in hospitality for decades. Yes. Um, you, you're sitting at a, at a perspective and a view of being a consultant for the hospitality industry. Mm-hmm. So you're, in terms of your role as a consultant, numbers are important. Yes. And at the end of the day, in order to be sustainable, we, we have to be profitable mm-hmm. and, and realistic about the costs and the challenges that we face. Mm-hmm. 
So if, if we accept all of those parameters and then we also accept that there's the conundrum of so many people in hospitality, especially at the lower end of, of the smaller SMEs, not the big chains that can afford mm-hmm. to have an ops manager and an HR manager and a marketing manager. Yes. At that, at that lower end, it's that one person wears those 20 hats, if you will. Yes. And, mm-hmm. and they're the ones opening and closing. Mm. How on earth are they going to be able to address these issues of sustainability and and let's start with the hard one there the oversupply venues yes and the ridiculous cost of the real estate of those venues the rent on per square meterage which has nothing to do with the type of venue that it is only where it is location 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 absolutely you know we pay for that we choose Mm. to go into those venues where there is location 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 Mm -hmm. but the other side of that is we're an industry that is so labor intensive that we're talking about 50 to 60 percent of our costs is labor yeah correct um and a lot of my clients both um um, past clients and, and and clients of now i've basically said to them if if they can't make it operational um to make money then um to make real money with people in their venues they shouldn't be opening to people in their venues they should continue to either not trade or they should um think about delivery uh delivery or just take out options that are based around the really low labor model because this is not the time to be coming out the gate hard and fast and going you know let's put everyone back on and let's see how we go because the thing that we need to work, the thing we need to think about is discretionary spenders down. Yes. Right. People, people there's, there's 6 million people either underemployed or unemployed right now in this country. And that means the discretionary spend they usually spend on coffee or usually spend on three takeout meals a week is yep. not there. So it's, it's the time to sit back and strategize really get to know the people around you, the hospitality industry around you, the retailers around you, what they're feeling, what they're thinking, and and really understand where your business is going to go if you want to hold on to it. This is, you alluded to at the start of this, this is going to, this is going to take many different levers to be pulled in order for people to keep their businesses, not just continue to trade. So, okay. Really so, you're faced with, you're an owner-operator, um, restrictions are easing, mm-hmm. you're, asking yourself, oh, great, they'll allow 10 people into the venue. Oh, great, now they'll allow 20 because that goalpost keeps moving. Yes. And, and that moves on a weekly basis, which doesn't help a strategy for a business owner. No, no. But it's the ideal time for that business owner to sit down and actually work out their costs of what mm-hmm. it will take to run their venue. The mm-hmm. only way they know how, which is the old way. Yes. So, because that's all they've got to base it on is what they Mm -hmm. used to do. Mm -hmm. So, if we look at that to start with, they're going to have to reassess what it will actually look like now because they are going to be restricted for a long time Mm -hmm. as to how many people they can fit in their venue because of social distancing and hygiene. Yes, correct. So, that's not a number that you could put on your spreadsheet. No. There's no code for that on the balance sheet, Absolutely. social distancing, no. So they, they're going to have to be realistic about that. And as you said, that's going to be the start of the rest of that strategy because if you can't fit enough people in that venue to make it viable, you've just achieve, achieved crunch time, right? You're going to have to decide, I don't open, I don't have a business, yes. I don't reopen. Mm. 
Hundred percent, and those are the three strategies there. I mean, the one thing I've been telling my clients is don't let the government dictate on how you roll out your business back. Yes, um, every single hospitality business is going to be different. They need to think about where their where their cash is, the ability to get cash, and how they're going to reopen. Because you know, once you've got staff coming back, whether they're on JobKeeper or not, like um, you're going to have to pay them. So, really, the first person you need to talk to, if you haven't already, and God willing, if you haven't talked to them after three months of this crisis, it's your landlord. And and whether that be if you're in a high street location, you're probably at a better opportunity to bargain with them because yep. they could have one, that could be their only property they have. So they really want to keep you and work with you. Hopefully you've had a good relationship with them. They could have 10. So therefore they're still likely to work with you. If you're in a shopping center, you're in a different, you're in different kettle of fish. And um, I know, um, shopping centre leasing agents very, very well across the country. Um, and a lot of them are being compassionate, but some are not. They're being compassionate in there. Yeah, I know it's tough, but you still have to pay the rent. 100%. So if you're in a, if you're in a high street location, you've probably um, got more cards in your back pocket in order to, in order to move forward, whether that be negotiating a percentage of, uh, of sales that come through. Um, probably the one thing you don't want to do is, pay full price and defer the payment because that's still going to be um, payable down the track and you're likely to not have it. That, that's, a, that's a bit like being in angel gear. Yes. You know, you, you're, you're hoping you'll go, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll take this, this temporary reprieve mm. and I'll deal with it later. You, you don't get that option in business. Correct. And, and I think, Angela, like you would know as being a you know, business owner from hospitality before, but this industry is on emotion. And a lot of people come into this industry based on emotional wants and needs. Um, they've got a great idea or a great product and they want to execute it. But unfortunately, they don't think about strategy. Unfortunately, they take the first round of leasing deal they're offered by a landlord. Um, they don't negotiate three times. So yeah. um, all these things are, are tough for our industry right now. Well, the, there's a, a phrase we've coined recently in, in the online world of the, the FOMO, right? The fear of missing yes. out. Yes. Uh, that was happening a long time earlier in the hospitality industry because mm-hmm. people were scared of losing an opportunity of opening a business in what was Absolutely. called a prime location. Absolutely. And, and we literally outbid each other. Mm-hmm. to get into those venues, to get into that site. Mm-hmm. You've got landlords and leasing agents rubbing their hands together in what money they were making off the initial entry into Absolutely. that place. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, so many owners in the hospitality industry don't sit down and say, sure, I've won this bidding war, but what does that look like in the long term? I've now priced myself out of the business market. Yes. And I've given, I've given myself rent for a square meterage that belongs to Prada or Chanel. Yes, exactly. And, 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 that's, and that's who we're competing with now, Sean. And the, and the problem is it sets a new benchmark. Yes. It's, it's no different from buying a house on a really great street and you being the one that's paid the most. The real estate agent then goes and tells that to every other person they sell to on the street uh, over a period of time. That's what the new benchmark is. So it's not good for the industry. No. Um, and I think, you know, the... The hospitality industry for a long time has been full of a lot of ego and a lot of private equity money uh, and, you know, almost a nightclub kind of environment um, about yep. where you're going to go to get your brunch, right? So um, I, I think that's the positive thing coming out of this is we'll get to real hospitality again if, we're, if, we, if we can actually plan it right and strategize what to do coming out of this properly. So in order for us to be sustainable, we have to now make an assessment I I keep saying we because I'm always going to consider myself a hospital background. Mm -hmm. We've got to make an assessment now. 
about when we reopen, how we reopen, if we reopen yes. in order to be sustainable. So let's, let's look at briefly, you mentioned, um, and we've discussed this, that there's been an oversupply of venues. Yes. That, that's going to, they're going to be cold, Sean. The reality yes. is people, some people will not reopen mm-hmm. or they won't make it for another, in, into the year. Correct. So nature, mother nature in terms of hospitality is going to cull the weak. Yes, 100%. What kind of message is that going to send to landlords? Uh, I think that's hopefully going to bring down rental costs uh, across the board. Um, You know, I've been saying for the last couple of months, if you've been trending down the last year, then you should really think about your position moving forward because it's not going to get any better. No, there's no miracle here. No. If If you weren't trading solvent, before, yep. there's no miracle that, that COVID is going to suddenly give you this new spark of life. Absolutely not. You're, you know, all of us, you know, Uber's not going to drop their percentage rate to 15% allow you to have more margin. Um, you need to think about your business and, and that's individual, right? Yep. Some people will be sitting on some cash and they'll, and, they'll, and they'll really believe in their business and really believe they can execute out of this and hold on. But, you know, uh, you, know you, you would have seen the reports, Angela, like 30 to 50% of venues might close yep. over the next 12 months. I, I'm, I'm not surprised by that. Me neither, but it's I'm, a sad I'm not story. Surprised. It's, it's, <laughs> it's incredibly sad because mm. there's 30 to 50% of people who have families yes. and homes mm-hmm. who are going to be in debt. The reality is that that debt is going to be in the hundreds of thousands mm. and they probably will never recover from it. Yeah. That, that's the reality. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's an incredibly sad story. And Angela, I've been there before. I mean, I've, I, I had two bakeries in my 20s and I had a massive car accident which took me out and I had to, I had to liquidate both my businesses, all, like, all I'd worked for for seven or eight years before that. You know, like it was, it's awful. I've, I've, I've been in that situation of having to let people go. I understand that. So that's why I can speak so frankly about this because yeah. I know where those people are going to be at. So if you're you, a sole director... You've had that experience. Yeah, if you're a sole director and you're in trouble, if you've got other people involved in this business, like it's, it's fortunately never been a better time to go bankrupt in Australia. Absolutely. You know, Sean, I, without being too harsh, I was just going to bring that up. Mm. I absolutely always advise people, if things aren't going well, mm. you don't have to find a way to bury yourself. Yes. Sometimes you have to just cut it, cauterize mm-hmm. the wound and move on. Absolutely. Because there's, there's no gold prize mm. for hanging on till you die. No, no. You know, not- Pete, you, you get reinvigorated starting again, getting the opportunity to start again, but you don't get to start again if you're staying in that hole. 100%. Now, now's the time for a lot of hospitality owners to not be proud. Absolutely, yeah, and blame it on COVID. <laughs> Absolutely. Blame it on COVID. We're going to be yes. able to use that for the next two years. The, the banks are going to hold it over us for the next five years. Yes. Yep. And this is the ideal opportunity for there to be a correction in the market on the square meterage on the rent. Yes. What, what food can in fact afford, not what Burberry and Chanel can afford, but what mm-hmm. food can afford given mm-hmm. that there is such a, there's no fat on the bone. I mean, no. profit in hospitality has plummeted from a long yes. time ago. Yes. Now, in order to be sustainable, mm-hmm. some of the costs we've got to look at, labour. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> as you know, uh, you know, there's a, there's a, what is it, what are we calling it, a labour summit or um, the government yeah. is speaking with the unions and, and looking at awards as they should have done a long time ago. Yep. Um, yep. Obviously, the, the restaurant award, the fast food award, uh, hospitality award, the main three in our industries. Um, 
but you know, there's been there's been a real bad uh, payment in hospitality has been really poor for a long time. Yes, um, must because of a lot of high rate, high uh, high emotional um, celebrity chefs uh, getting caught out uh, in our industry, which has tarred the whole industry. Um, but I but I believe a lot of people, uh, most hospitality owners, will pay people correctly, um, and that means I, that, I agree with that, Sean. Mm, I'm, I'm tired especially of people, people watching saying, this, Angela. Yeah, well, mm. especially people watching this, but for the mm. most part, most people do the right thing most of the time. Correct. And, and that means if they're, if they're paying superannuation on time, they're paying their work cover and all that yep. kind of stuff, then their wage costs are anywhere between 32 to 40%. That's exactly right. That's, and that's really expensive. That's big. Yep. Yes. And that's completely different than when I started 20 odd years ago and it was probably 20, 21%. Yes. So well, ideally your rent should only be 10% or less. Exactly. People are paying 20, 25% in costs it, for rent. I just, I don't understand it. It's I don't understand pie. why that's happened. We, we keep talking about these percentages, Sean, you know, you and I are chucking these percentages out. The, mm. the end percentage is a hundred. Yes, exactly. It's, that's not, it's not 135. It's not 142. <laughs> yeah. It's it's 100. And, you, you know, you and I have just said, you know, 25% for this, 30% for that, 10% mm. for this. There's nothing left. No, exactly. Exactly. You, you're in the minus. You're looking at someone else's plate because you're not going to be able to eat off your own. Yeah. So, yeah. But, but labour costs are very high. How are we going to be sustainable by dealing with that? Because that is a big part. We're labour intensive. That's what hospitality is. Exactly. And that, we and need that's people. A, that's the challenge. I mean, we've talked, uh, like the industry's talked about automation and all that kind of stuff, but automation costs money. Yep. That's um, an investment. That's a that's, huge infrastructure investment, capital investment, massive. Correct. And if you're, not, if you're not in a good situation with your business, if you haven't got cash, if you don't want to put a second mortgage on your place, then how are you going to fund that? Well, you can, how are you going to fund can, that? You can promise your firstborn. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't mean anything to the bank though. I'm, no, true. That's, yeah. that's the historic value. You look around, what have you got of value? Got a spouse? Got a parent? Got a child? Yes. Take, take them. <laughs> so I think, I think the main two things are you need to speak to your landlord and change your deal. In some way, shape or form, change your deal that does not mean deferring payments and keep your labour incredibly tight as you can. So that means, you know, to, to change your labour model, you might mean you shorten your menu and make it smaller. So therefore you don't need four chefs. You need two chefs, Yep. you know, simple things like that and know that you're going to have to be on the tools for a long time. If you haven't been before in order to get yourself out of this for at least the next 12 months. And so that next time someone who's not actually in the hospitality industry walks up to someone and go, oh, I'd really like to own a cafe one day. <laughs> How many times have I heard that? Yeah, absolutely. And you can yeah. say, well, listen, when there's 35% for labour and there's 42% for this and 20% for that, guess what? You yes. know what? Just give me your money mm. and mm. I'll go blow it for you. Exactly. Um, mm. An interesting uh, point that you bring up is the supply chain. Yes. And how that's going to factor in in order for us to be sustainable hospitality. Mm. Talk to me about that. So uh, really I think the industry's done a really good job the last probably five years about bringing, you know, fair trade coffee, bringing really good quality product to market, yep. um, um, having a lot of people involved, telling a good story. Um, Paddock to plate, all those sort of things. All those Knowing, kind of things, yep. farm to table, you know, all those kind of things. But what the industry hasn't done because of the oversupply is actually moved up 
um, their menu prices to, to move that shift and make sure their cost of goods are somewhere around 20 to 25%. Um, and that's been the hard thing. And then more middlemen have come in in between as well, which has increased um, that invoice for everyone moving forward. So um, my concern is that we'll move back to maybe, you know, some shortcuts in that period of time. I mean, that's been happening uh, for a little bit of time now with some um, some prepping being done off-site by suppliers in order to hopefully create some uh, better labour control yep. um, over the last couple of years. But... Um, it's going to be a real big challenge. People, consumers are going to have to probably definitely have to pay more for product. Um, I definitely hope that's going to come out, but it also means that people will probably shop less. So if they were going to shop four times a week at their local cafe or restaurant, they might only shop twice a week or three times a week. And that one less transaction may be the reason why you don't stay in business. So you need to think about your menu price. So again, that's that's where sustainability comes in. You, you mm. have to look at your future in that business or in that industry and say, you know, these are my fixed costs. I can't yeah. do much about that. Try and do something about that. Mm. Then have a look at your overheads and absolutely look at what what's your future look like in a year if you're only at this turnover because mm. you can almost estimate now if you've lost... 60 or 70% of your business because that's that's the reality from the lockdowns. Yes. Mm-hmm. And how slow everybody's going to be to come back because it's not like we've just gone through a hurricane and opened up the next day and it's all back to normal. Correct. And everyone's rebuilding. It's not that. No, it's um, not that. It's very you know, different. We've talked, we, I'd said before about discretionary spend. I think that's really important. Um, um, probably especially if you're in, you know, we were talking about CBD venues yesterday, weren't we, yep. when, we when we spoke? Yes. Um, the CBD is going to be the last to recover. I agree. You know, um, people are to, like where I am in Victoria, people are told to work from home from yep. for the rest of June and probably July. I spoke to a friend in Sydney today who probably won't be in the office till the end of the year. That's, that, that's the realistic, that's the realistic outlook. Yes. People are being told if you can work from home, stay mm-hmm. away and work from home so that those who can't at yep. least have the ability to get around through safe social distancing, et cetera. So that, that's the one thing that none of us had ever thought would happen where, you know, you can't have a packed line. Absolutely. You, you won't be wondering as a waiter when you're holding three or four plates, how am I going to get through the crowd? You've got plenty of room to get through now. It won't be a crowd. Yeah. It won't be any manoeuvring anymore. It's, it's all done there. But it's, it's a huge, huge wake-up call to the industry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not we need it. I wish we didn't have it happen like this. Yeah, there honestly needed to be correction. There needed to be correction, especially in property prices. Um, It was just unsustainable. Um, You know, wage prices, you know, I wish to say not so much, but someone getting $40 to $50 an hour to take out plates on a a Sunday or public holiday is just ludicrous. Um, And that, that needed to change. I wish it didn't have to be this situation, but... This is the this is the opportunity for the industry as a whole to take a deep breath, get back to basics as you've done, as yep. I'm sure these hospitality owners have done before. Think about how you can provide value to your guests. Think about your real costs. Stop not looking at your P&L and get some strategy in place for moving forward. Yep. Just understand that not all the money that goes in the till is yours. Yes, exactly. <laughs> There's other people with their hand out first. Absolutely, yes. And if they don't know what they're doing, Sean... They should get a consultant. They should definitely get a consultant. I mean, I mean, you know, I don't want to preach too much about myself for sure, but but there are a lot of great consultants around the country. Um, I, I wish a lot of people would um, uh, use them when they start up. It usually stops a lot of these processes, especially in strategy. Um, but 
but obviously, yeah, if you've got a consultant that you know or you want to reach out to me, obviously you can. Um, I think it, it's, it may help I you think it's Im- important now that the industry has those money conversations with the people in their lives mm-hmm. that are part of their history of the decision, whether it's their accountant, whether it's their bookkeeper to actually mm-hmm. sit down and, you know, so many of us are guilty of just thinking that that's a separate world. Yes. You know, welcome to the new world. You have to actually know what your paperwork is all about. Absolutely. Because you don't know if you're going to be here in another year. And if you're, you know, mortgaged up the wazoo, which most of us are, mm-hmm. it's a new world. Especially especially along the East Coast, right? A lot of people especially, put... Especially, especially you know, along the East Coast, Sean. Uh, well, you know, if you've only got two years left on your lease, mm. you're not going to make it. No. And totally now agree. is the time. You're not going to make it. You don't have time to recover the debt that you've been put in through no fault of your own. And it's had yeah. nothing to do with how good you were. Yes. Yeah. You can be the best chef in Australia, mm. the best front of house with the best produce, the best prices, the greatest venue, the nicest mm. outlook, all of those tick, 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 tick issues. Mm. And you can still find yourself in financial trouble. Absolutely. People are scared. Yeah. And they should be, but yeah, there's, totally. you know, we're, we're optimistic, but carefully optimistic. Totally agree. <laughs> Thank you very much for joining us, Sean. Thanks so much, Angela. To all our viewers, listeners and watchers, please remember to subscribe to our YouTube channel so you can support us and all SMEs and we would love for you to comment and share SME TV. A big shout out to the SME Association of Australia for supporting SME TV and making it all possible. And if you have any ideas for any content or you want to contact any of our experts or us, you can reach out to us at news at smea.org.au. We'll catch you next time. Thank you very much, Sean. Thank you very much to our industries. Thanks, Angela. Thanks. Bye.